a great morning. Oh my goodness, so glad we had a song before I had to get up here. Testimonies get me every time. Ah, anyway, I've got to be honest, the seven people that stood up here this morning are in really good company. They are in the best company, and in fact, anyone that's been baptised is in the best company, because Jesus actually himself got baptised, right? There there are three things we know before he got baptised. We know that he was born, we're going to celebrate that in approximately four weeks. Is that the countdown now, four weeks? Not ready for that one. We know also from the Bible, it tells us that he was also presented at the temple just after he was born, sort of a bit like a dedication type thing. And then uh, we know that the age of 12, the Bible tells us that he actually got lost and he sort of just didn't go with his parents. Any parent ever lost a child? going to be honest, don't judge me, did lose him, did find him, so that's okay. But Jesus' response when he got found was basically, I must be in my father's house. If my child had responded like that to me when I found him, I'm not sure I'd have been quite as cool and calm as Mary and Joseph were, but that's okay. But those are the three things we know, and then he gets baptised. And the best bit is, he managed to get baptised by a guy that was called John the Baptist, What are the chances of that? Unfortunately, we've got Paul and Rob. But we'll go with it. We'll go with it. So the Bible then goes on to tell us what what actually happened. And in Matthew 3, verse 16 from the message, it says, The moment Jesus came up out of the baptismal waters, the skies opened up. And he saw God's spirit, it looked like a dove, descending and landing on him, and along with a spirit, a voice. This is my son, chosen and marked by my love, delight of my life. That's what God said about his one and only son, okay? But there's, there's three things I want to look at this morning. Before we carry on, we're going to celebrate, and believe me, we will celebrate. But there's just three things to consider. And the first thing is, we need to actually recognize who God is. Because it's fantastic you're all here this morning. But I don't even know if you all know who God actually is. So we can't celebrate if we don't actually know what we're celebrating. That's like trying to celebrate Christmas when you don't actually know what Christmas is about. It doesn't make any sense. So... Who is God? Who's God to you? Is he the person, when everything's going wrong, that you just go, oh God! Is, is that him for you? For, and that's fine if it is. At least you're recognising something. But I think there's so much more. There is so much more to him than that. There's so much more. And I think, actually, as Jesus mentioned at the beginning, God's our Father. Jesus wanted to be in his father's house. God's actually our father, and that's a really contentious issue. It's one of those that you think, oh, got to be honest, didn't feel quite comfortable preparing this, because I was like, do you know what? Not everyone has good fathers. Not everyone has happy memories of fathers. Not everyone even knows their father. And then you've got the flip side that actually people, some people have really great fathers, and that's fantastic. But do you know what you can't do? You can't compare your earthly father, whether he's absent or present, 
to a heavenly father. They're different. They are completely poles apart. They're not even on the same scale. We've, we've heard seven phenomenal testimonies. As I said, they always get me testimonies because it's like the reality of it. It's not, just, it's not just theory. It's the reality. It's the truth. It's, people, it's, it's people's stories. And, you know, we've heard of a heavenly father who's walked with people since when they were kids. They may have gone off and done their own thing. They may have gone off and thought, do you know what? Not interesting, God. Don't, certainly don't want to go to church. God didn't leave them. And they've stood here today and given testimony of that. That actually God was still walking alongside them. He was still with them every step of the way. He's not an exclusive father either. He's fully inclusive. It's like all-you-can-eat buffet, fully inclusive holiday. I have only ever been on one fully inclusive holiday. And it just blew my mind. It was like, what, there's no bill at the end of the meal. I can go up as many times as I like. Wow. Not sure it's for me, in honesty. I like a little more adventure. But it definitely opened my eyes to something. So the thing is, if you don't know God this morning and you don't know him as your father... There's one thing you can do. And you can, you can sit here and you can dismiss it, but you could actually ask him to reveal himself, to show himself to you. Do you know what? If you do know him and you're sitting here thinking, Ree, you have no idea what my week's been like, you're right. I have no idea. You have no idea what my week's been like. And that's fine. But in your week, you can ask God to reveal himself in that situation, in that circumstance, because he wants to show you. He wants to know you. He wants that relationship in the good times, in the bad times, in the times when you're on the mountaintop celebrating, in the times when you're in the valleys with your head in your knees, sobbing. He wants to know you. In Matthew 7, it says... Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. This morning, if you don't know him, you've just got to ask. If you have had a rubbish week and you're thinking, God, where are you in this mess? You've just got to ask. If you've had the best week and you're like, God, thank you, I want to celebrate, I've seen your blessing, just continue to seek him more. Because do you know what? When, when we do ask, when we do seek him, when we do stand there knocking, I know what his response is because I can testify to it. As much as these seven people can, as much as other people here can, I can testify that this is what he does. He says... While you're still a long way off, I can see you. I'm filled with love and compassion. And he runs to you. 
He doesn't dawdle like my kids do on the morning walk to school. He's not dragging his feet going, here we go again, I'll give her another hug. No, he's running to you. He embraces you. He kisses you. And then he says, quick, get the new clothes. I went and got new clothes. I said to Tim, I don't, I, I just, my jeans were all a bit tatty. Can I have some new jeans? So we went shopping. I got new clothes. It's amazing how good it makes you feel. And you can try them on now as well. That's the most exciting bit. I did have to check with someone that works in retail, though, that you could try them on. But God says, get the new clothes. Get some new shoes. Didn't go that far today. We're going to have a feast. We're going to have a wonderful time. When we recognize who God is, it makes the homecoming so much sweeter. Oh, my goodness. You don't know a party until you've experienced meeting God. You don't know one. There's no loophole that disqualifies you. There's no, but if he truly knew. No, 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 no. He does truly know. Do you want to truly know him is the question. So the first thing, recognize who God is. Then you need to actually realize what God says about you. I've got a picture for you. Do not be fooled. Okay, let's keep this real. She looks lovely. Okay, she is cute. She is also expensive. She is also challenging. She is also incredibly affectionate to only some people, which makes you feel very special. This was Lisa, okay? I could not think of going to the park shouting, Lisa! It wasn't something I was comfortable with doing. So I decided instead we'd call her Loki, okay? Which is lovely. The problem is she didn't know her name was Loki, So I can stand there calling Loki, and she's looking round. Don't know what you're on about, Ree. I've got no idea. What are we waiting for? No, that's you. You need to come here. And the best bit was, she had some time in a crate, which apparently is what all good dog owner, puppy owners do to help their dog. She managed to escape from the crate. She managed to escape from the room that the crate was in. She managed to escape from the room and the house. And this was two days after we got her. And I genuinely thought, that's it, she's gone. I'm going to have to tell my kids that they've lost another dog. I didn't want to go through that. And you know what struck me was when we went looking for her. And I have got to say, our local community absolutely blew me away. We had people knocking on the door saying, have you found her? Can we come and look for her? The thing was, though... As much as I wanted to find her, she didn't know what she was called, which makes trying to find a dog really hard because she doesn't know her name's Loki. And I'm there telling everyone, yes, her name's Loki. 
Yes, yes. She won't go anywhere near you because she's a rescue pup and she's petrified of her own shadow. But she didn't know her name was Loki. And you see, when we know what we're actually called, that changes our response. She now knows her name's Loki. She knows her name. She, I can let her off the lead now and she does come back. It's breakthrough. But you see, what does God and Jesus... God say about us you see about his own son before he'd even done anything okay God said this is my son chosen and marked by my love delight of my life that's before Jesus even did anything God thought he was that good but what does he say about us what does God say about us in Ephesians 1 it says even before he made the world even before he made the world God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance, in advance of anything you can do, to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. If you take nothing else away from what I've said this morning, I want you to know you are loved. I want you to know that you are chosen. I would love you to know that you are adopted. Do you know what? Before you were even conceived, he'd already adopted you. You didn't have to do anything. You bring him great pleasure. He loves you. And you belong. You may not feel like you've belonged anywhere else, but you do belong to him. You see, with God, acceptance isn't a point that we have to get to. It's not something we're striving towards. It's not a grade I've got to achieve. It's not a destination I've got to travel to. No, 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 no. It's your starting point. Your starting point is acceptance. So do you know what? When you're going through the tough times, because let's be real, there are tough times. Like when Loki legged it. There are tough times when you think it's all gone a bit wrong. Know this. Do not be afraid. For I have ransomed you. God says, I have called you by name and you are mine. You do belong. Realize what God says about you. I could spend a whole preach talking about what God says about you, what God says about me. But we're going to move on. The last thing is release. Baptism and accepting Jesus. Baptism, I think, is the public declaration of this. But actually, it releases us from our past and in turn releases us into our future. So today, people are going to be released from their past publicly and they're going to be released into their future. When we were on holiday in October, we went camping. Not sure we're going to do it next year. Just going to put that out there. It was a little bit wet. It was a little bit cold. We had fun. The best bit about camping in October, though, is that it gets dark really early. 
The kids have no idea what the time is and what time we all go to bed because it's dark at five. It works quite well. Just anyone with young kids just putting it out there. But while we were on holiday, I actually for once read a novel, which was quite a new thing for me. And uh, it had short chapters, suited me very well. And Tim would be like, can you just go and do this? And I'm like, I'm just going to finish the chapter. And what happened was, as soon as I finished the chapter, I got sucked into the start of the next chapter. And it's like, no, I just need to read this chapter and then I'll go and do that. I'll go and get some water so we can have a cup of tea. You see, the thing is, when one chapter ends, it actually means another chapter starts. And our father doesn't want us, we've just sung it, he doesn't want us to live chained in the past. He doesn't want us to live with a limiting mentality of, oh, that's, that's where I belong, because that's not where you belong. He wants to release us into the, our future. And the moment you're released from something, you're actually being sent into something new. And I truly believe this morning that there's going to be things, new things happening. In those that are getting baptised, there's going to be newness to you. It's not because of you, it's not because you've done anything, it's not because of who you are, but it's actually because of who God is in you. He's going to do a new thing through you. In Romans 6, this is basically explains what baptism's about. So we could have just read this and sat down, but we've not. Romans 6. So what do you do we do? Keep on sinning so God can keep on forgiving? I should hope not. If we've left the country where sin is sovereign, if we've left the country where all our mistakes, all our screw-ups, all our life that didn't make us happy is sovereign, how can we still live in our old house there? Or didn't you realise we packed up and we left there for good? That is what happened. That is what happens in baptism. When we went under the water, we left the old country of sin behind. When we came up out of the water, we entered into the new country of grace. A new life in a new land. That's what baptism into the life of Jesus means. When we're lowered into the water, it's like the burial of Jesus. When we're raised up out of the water... It's like the resurrection of Jesus. Each of us is raised into a light-filled world by our Father so that we can see where we're going in our new grace-sovereign country. None of us need to dwell in the past. We can live in that grace-sovereign country. And if you don't know how to get there, if you don't know the directions, we'll start with the first point of recognise who God is. Ask him to show you. And if that strikes a chord with you this morning and you think, I want, I want, actually, I do want to know. I've tried doing it my way for so long. Actually, let's, let's, do you know what? It's not working. Let's give something else a go. We've got nothing to lose. Then speak to one of us. Come and speak to me. Speak to someone in a red lanyard. They'll point you in the right direction. God doesn't want us to live in the past. He wants to do a new thing in and through each one of us. Recognize who he is. Realize what he says about you. 
and be released. Isaiah 43 says, forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. God says, see, I'm doing, he's doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Those things that you've written off, that you think, do you know what? It's never going to happen. God can make a way for each one of you. And I'm going to ask the band to come up because this is a celebration. We are going to celebrate with seven people today that have recognized who God is. They've realized what God actually says about them, the truth. And they've been released. And do you know what? Please hear me. This isn't a instantaneous thing that everything's sorted in life I'm not tr- I'm not on a sales pitch this isn't everything suddenly falls into place and is perfect no no this is a journey but it's one where we know that we're accepted and we're loved and when we've been released there's one thing that that we can actually do and Nelson Mandela was in prison for 27 years and you know, I was very, very, very small at the time when he was released in 1990. However, I do know, having looked into his autobiography, that he met with the then president of South Africa, who was F.W. de Klerk. Because in Parliament, F.W. de Klerk had made a statement saying, we're ending apartheid, we're going to release political prisoners. But he never put a date on when Nelson Mandela would be released. A week later, he goes to the prison and he has a private meeting with F.W. de Klerk. And do you know what Nelson Mandela said? The first thing, I thanked President F.W. de Klerk. Do you know what? He didn't rant to him for his injustice. He didn't feel sorry for himself of all that he'd lost. He thanked the president for his release. And I think it's time that we start to thank God for what he's done. We may not be getting baptised today, but we can still thank God for what he has done and what he continues to do in our lives because he hasn't stopped. And if you don't know God and you're thinking, I've got nothing to be thankful for, well, just thank them that the seven people getting baptised today are happy and they shed happy tears. So if you've got nothing more to be thankful for, just think of them.